Welcome to my basement, everybody. We've got a pretty fantastic way to wrap up this incredible year of 2023. The general manager at Blizzard, is it Blizzard Activision or just Blizzard, do you say? Uh, we say ABK or Activision Blizzard King. Activision Blizzard King. Rod Ferguson is joining me. How you doing, Rod? It's great to see you. I'm good. It's nice to see you, too. It's nice to be up in Vancouver. Yeah, you uh, you messaged me over uh, Twitter. You yep. still call it Twitter? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Me, too. I can't do the X thing. Me, neither. Every time I see X.com, I always think of the game. And so I'm like, oh, there's a message on X.com. And I'm yeah. like, wait. XCOM. When, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was a nod right from... Because he's a big gamer, that guy. Well, but the X thing goes way back to PayPal. There's a, there's a whole history to the renaming that you can get into, which is just like, whatever. Right. Well, Rod joins me, uh, and after having this incredible year with Diablo 4, and uh, he reached out and said, I'm coming up to Vancouver because, if you don't know, he used to run the Coalition up here, worked on the Gears franchise for a number of years, actually left the Gears franchise, came back to the Gears franchise. That's right, yeah. And then uh, uh, took the opportunity to move to Southern California and start to work on Diablo. Right. I, and I want to talk about Diablo 4, of course, but let's get into a little bit of uh, that decision sure because it, you know i know that gears is near and dear to your heart were, were you with gears right from the very beginning of gears well i i came in in 2005 okay. and uh so there was about a year and a half left of that project it took whatever you know a long time to get gears one out yeah uh, so i was in sort of for the last year and a half of it but then yeah every game that came afterwards one two three judgment uh and the remaster and four and five and tactics and gears poppy of the mobile side like it was 15 years of Gears of War and I kind of and I touched all of it so it was fun how did you make the decision to leave? I mean, that's your baby in a way, right? It is. It was really, really hard, actually. Like, it was really hard. Um, I think part of it was, you know, we had gotten to a certain point with Gears where we were going to change engines and change technology. Mm -hmm. um, and it was going to take a long time for the next game to come out. And I just sort of, like, I like shipping games. And... Uh, and so there was like, okay, I can sit here for the next five years and not ship anything. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. Like I've, I've solved these problems. I, I, you know, got to where we were. And the idea to be able to work on another of my favorite franchises of all time, which is Diablo. And, you know, Blizzard was having some struggles that I was like, oh, I could probably help there. Right. And the work at that scale, you know, like the scale that their games come in, basically takes like three Gears of Wars to make one Diablo, yeah. you know, because you're exclusive on Xbox. And so at that time, you know, you're not, you don't have the same reach that Diablo does on PC and PlayStation and Xbox. And so I was like, oh, I haven't done something at that scale before. And so the idea of having a new challenge and the idea of just shipping. So, I mean, I've been there in March, it'll be four years, but we've shipped three games. And so I, I was going back and going like in the last nine years, I've shipped eight games. And so this idea of like, okay, it's going to take five years to make another game. And I'm like, oh, that pace is so slow. <laughs> 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 what else can I ship? Is there something else to ship? <laughs> do, do you think that's a common issue with veteran developers? Because there was a mm. period, I, I think about the PlayStation 3 and Naughty Dog all the time. Right. And they shipped three Uncharted games right. on, on that platform. And Last of Us. Right. Which just seems impossible now. Do you think that that's a, if you've been in the business for a while, is it excruciatingly so, uh, slow to I, get these things out? Yeah, I think it can be. I think yeah. it depends on, you know, when I was shipping Bioshock Infinite, yeah. uh, we'd have late, Ken Levine and I would have late night conversations around what was going on with the project. And he, and he said, you know, I, you know, I like making games or I love making games, but I don't like shipping them. Right. And I was like, well, that's funny because that's kind of the opposite for me is like, I like making them, but I love shipping them. Right. And so the notion of like, sort of new IPs or new games taking seven years. I think it means also something differently when you get to be my age where, mm -hmm. you know, there was a story with 
Phil went, uh, when I was working at Xbox, Phil Spencer went and was like touring, I think Japan and me with designers and designer, he had dinner with one of them and they said, you know, Phil, I've got three games left in me. Do you want one of them? Kind of thing. Wow. And when he came back and told that story, I think I was, I was you know, whatever, five, six years ago. Yeah. So I'd maybe just become 50 years old. And that yeah. idea of like, oh, I've got three left in me. I was like, oh, God, like, <laughs> do I need to start thinking like that? And so that idea of like, oh, hey, I was sitting here now. I'm 55 and go, oh, well, then your next game's seven years long. I'm like, oh, God, really? Like that. And so it's uh, so it's that pace. But I think now I'm like when you're taking when Diablo is really more of a live service now. And so that, you know, we're shipping a new season every three months. We've got a, you know, we have an expansion coming up this year. It's Diablo Immortal on mobile is a create, they ship every two weeks. And then yeah. uh, we just, you know, Diablo Immortal, we just launched our biggest update ever in December. So we're still, when you're part of that live service, you're kind of always shipping. So it, it has that energy. Yeah, I guess so, right? I mean, that is definitely something that I, I recognize. I mean, I, I haven't had time to get into all of the live service content. Right. And the game asks me all the time, if you want to play this, do you want to play that? It's like, right. I'm still playing through the stuff, man. And this totally. weekend was amazing, by the way, because I knew this interview was coming. So I was all Diablo. <laughs> I, I apologized to my family. I was sitting on the couch with the Steam Deck and the nice. PlayStation Portal. I was like, I, I was really grooving on the oh, game. Oh, good. It, it must feel amazing to have this out there, right. but it must also feel like a lot of pressure to not be finished. Yeah, it's hard. It was, it's definitely different to do a live service game. Like the, there's a different pressure to that always shipping mentality. But there's also a different expectation from fans, and and that's been a bit of adjustment for me where you yeah. get people who are like hey this thing you're not doing enough for me and i just finished you know i've got 350 you know 350 hours in your game and there's nothing to do and you're like what are you talking about right now 350 you just, you just, you're like you just played a lot <laughs> the but. answer is in your question <laughs> yeah so that sort of expectation is hard to like the very the live service fans and i know this from my time i you know other than Diablo, if you go back, my Xbox number one game every year was always Destiny 2. I saw that. And so that notion of I was I was that player. I was like, okay, what else are we doing? What else are we doing? And yeah. so now with Diablo 4, it's that same sort of thing. It's like, okay, what are we trying to do? And so we had, you know, the Abattoir Zir, which is a new event for people who have reached level 100. Mm -hmm. Or we have our Midwinter Blight, which is our, you know, holiday seasonal event for people right. who just want to have fun running around killing, like, weird snowmen and stuff. Okay. And, uh, and so it's just been, you know, so it's just kind of getting used to that pace. But it's the hard part is just doing it sustainably you know like when you're always shipping you can really let your team on fire and just kind of keep them on fire and that's that's not the way to do it and no. so you have to kind of staff appropriately and grow appropriately and have the right processes and pipelines and so that you can go and get into a sort of a, a cadence that the team can kind of keep up with what was the gears um sort of esports evolution training for you was that kind of understanding that people were, were con and, and all the multiplayer with gears was that kind of great like an on-ramp for you to be able to appreciate what to do with a live game yeah it, it was a lot of learning i think what we what i think i'd learned like i was doing it wrong on gears you know like <laughs> you know and we were trying to do a lot of the stuff around the shop and stuff that we did in, in gears mm -hmm. and and trying to create that sort of sense of live service with multiplayer you just when you realize what else has to go into it? You know, we had just a very small team on it. And so it's the same has always been true for a while on Gears was like multiplayer was a pretty small team because the campaign was so big that, you know, you need a really large team. Yeah. And so really having to adjust that balance from the 80-20 to 50-50. And then now where we're like, okay, like we're having to sort of move the whole team over to this sort of sense of live service with expansions and seasons and the shop and the battle pass. There's just, you know, I, I, I always put it out as a, they look like swim lanes, you know, we call it swim lanes mm -hmm. and just the amount of 
parallel development is amazing and because I, I was trying to say to the team like right now you're kind of feeling like you're working on one thing i'm working on diablo 4 but after we ship we're going to be working on the live game and you know seasons and battle pass you know the shop the expansion and they have to be done in parallel because it takes longer to develop than it takes to play right so a three-month season takes six months to make right and so you need to be doing season one and season two at the same time you need to be doing expansion one and if you're going to work on another one you might be starting that as well yeah and so it's just like hey you're going from this one thing to now you're doing six things all at once and it's a real sort of transition for the team you sound like a showrunner. <laughs> exactly you what it you feels sound like. like a TV showrunner, right? Where, <laughs> yeah. And and it, like, do you know the end of this? Oh, uh, do, you, do you plan for that? Do you plan for like? I, I don't know what what how the end comes to a, a live service. Sure. Game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you plan it out. It, it really it's kind of it's kind of dictated by the players. Yeah. Because you put out, you know, when you're doing business planning you're always doing what they call lrp or long-range planning which generally is about a five-year plan okay um and we always revisit that every year because depending what the players are doing and how they're showing up or not then you're going to change your plan because you can say like oh if everybody comes back for the live service we can do x but if they don't then we can do y and then so what's going to happen is as each season happens you get actuals you know you have a, a theory and then you test that theory and if it's right then maybe you keep that plan going if it's wrong then you start to pivot and look at new plans right and i guess a lot of that was you know spoken to by the long-term success of blizzard's previous games like people mm. continue to play starcraft and continue to play diablo 2 yeah. you know and and get online and and sort of love these games for decades Totally. And so you knew if you played your cards right as a team, you would be able to keep people in this space for a long time. Yeah, and it was part of the Blizzard philosophy when I got there because one of the things when I did Diablo II Resurrected was, yeah. can I shut down Diablo II Classic? Right. And you know, the president at the time was like, no, like no. that has to keep going, and so you have to sort of respect the, that original purchase. So it was like, oh wow, okay, we're going to keep all this stuff going. And but really, you know, when you look at what we're doing with Diablo IV, it's really kind of looking at. Um, the 10 years it's been about 11 years for Diablo 3 yeah and kind of it didn't I don't think we met players needs with Diablo 3 there Mm. were we did seasons like we're on season 29 but they were pretty small and and we just didn't we only did sort of like well we did Reaper of Souls but then we did the Necromancer which is a small thing yeah but it just felt like there was the community was there and people wanted more and that's really what Diablo 4 was meant to be it was supposed to be a hey we know you're out there and we saw them show up at launch it was the biggest launch blizzards ever had yeah um and now it's trying to be like okay how do we keep that community satisfied with more and more content all the time that's awesome um let's talk about launching this game uh what was the ramp up to that like for the company and for the team were were you guys prepared for all of the work and were you prepared for the reception and did it uh, feel good going into that launch cycle, or was it a lot of stress? How was it for you guys? Uh, it was good. I think there was some stress. I, part of it was, again, I was saying we do things in parallel. So having to build Season 1 at the same time we were shipping. Yeah. And that was the hard part, because when we did Season 1, people would look at us and go, hey, didn't you learn anything from what the feedback we gave you after <laughs> launch? And we're like, it was made at the same time. Like, we didn't know. Uh, and so there was definitely, you know, in trying to, when you're dealing with a, Kudos to your team, by the way, for the transparency there and for okay. taking the bull by the horns and, and just speaking from the heart with, with the fan base. I mean, that's yeah. 
that's lessons there too. For sure. Yeah. That was one of the big things there at the live service lessons and that, why we started things like the campfire chat, which was to be a more casual conversation totally. and trying to be more transparent because there was just, again, you can get into, if you're not talking then people have different expectations. And right. we were trying to say like, Hey, some of the stuff's being built in parallel. We hear you, but it takes time to react to that yeah. feedback. Yeah. And, and, you know, and for season one, we kind of didn't quite do it the way we should have. We were more focused. Like, it's very easy in a, in a game that's so complex as Diablo when you've got five classes with all the skills and right. the shared open world. And yeah. The depth there is crazy. No one person can have it all in their head. It's amazing. Like I, That's what I was thinking of when I was playing this. Is like, do you even know what's in your game? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, there's exactly. so much stuff that happens. Like the transition from biome to biome in right. real time. It's like, Jesus Christ, there is so many little intricate details in this thing. Yeah. How do you wrap your head around the whole of it? Yeah, and that's what I find funny is like people at Twitter will come at me about like, hey, how dare you make this change to the sorcerer? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know we made that change to the sorcerer. <laughs> like, let's be fair. Like, there's, there's a lot of people making a lot of changes in real time here. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it's it's but getting, you know, you, sometimes you can get focused on balance and not fun. Like you can be yeah. like, okay, everything has to be at the same level and, and you're really striving for fairness. And the thing about a Diablo game is it's those overpowered moments that you, you feel like you're cheating or that you're, right. you, you, you know, you fool the development team or you're taking advantage of some exploit that is, it feels really, really fun. Yeah. And so that's what we've had to really try to embrace. So now like in season two, you know, ball lightning spark is ridiculous, but we're going like, just let them have fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll deal with it later, you yeah. know? And yeah. uh, same with Hammer of the Ancients Barbarian is it's just going to like, okay, fine. They're going to exploit it a little bit, but it's fine. We'll fix it next season. You know, I, we visited um, uh, LucasArts when they were making Force Unleashed and they they had the whole chart map of, mm. of how the player felt through the game. Oh, nice. And yeah. it was like, you know, you're picking up your powers, you're getting more comfortable, and then boom, right. you're so <laughs> freaking powerful. You know, and I hadn't, as a player, I'm, I've never made games like that, so I, mm. I just you know, consume it and I think about it and I talk about it, but it was really interesting to see it all play out like that. And I think yeah. you're so right. Like, you really need to give that that power agency back to us so that we can just, especially after a boss, like I, I played Duriel not too long ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I never experienced Duriel in, in Diablo 2. Right. Yeah, I'm ashamed to say, but I, I did not oh, like this. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah. I did not like this Duriel. <laughs> he was a pain in the ass. I was like, I couldn't move out of all, around all the damn holes, and he kept making, no! I kept getting trapped in corners. He really pissed me off, but it felt, I felt so good after. Right. And that's the... That's the balance, right? That's, That's the magic. Yeah. yeah. You're getting those, finding the challenge. Cause if it's too easy, then people like, it's not fun because it's too easy. But if it's too hard, same thing. And so you have to find, like, the thing for me is when you watch, when you play Diablo, it's supposed to be sort of these cresting waves where you're sort of, where I, you think about it as being either behind or ahead of the power curve. Mm. And so you start off slightly behind. And so you, and you're working, working. All of a sudden you pick up this thing, this weapon that gives you this great damage boost. And now, like, I'm king of the world. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. you're super overpowered. And then you'll, you'll level up a few times and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm starting to fall behind again. And then you're like, oh, I get another thing and I get to come back. And so you're sort of always riding this sort of progression wave through the game, which is really fun. Talk to me about, because I don't do this. And the reason why I don't do this, I, I don't buy the weapons and the armor from the shop. And I know right. the shop is a huge integral part and, and the, the super fans love sure. being able to customize their character and all that stuff. Right. But you get so much loot in Diablo games. And, sure. and I feel like... If I buy, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna find something that's better than anything that I I buy. I mean, so right. 
how do you manage that? Is it just purely cosmetic? Is it purely mm -hmm. just about expression and it's got nothing to do with the power of these things? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Diablo 4 is all only cosmetic. Yeah. And so it's really about that. It's about sort of making your own fantasy. And I kind of get, as I did in Destiny 2, you know, I'm the same way in Diablo 4. You yeah. get this sort of, a power fantasy about something you want like oh i'm doing a thorns you know necro and so that i go and find the spikiest armor i can find and i'll buy that or i'm doing an electric sork and then i'll look for like the, the most electric looking armor that i can buy and so there's some really great stuff to find you know and in, my brother uh, i was just playing with him last night and He's a ice sork, and but and he through what he's earned in the game, he looks great. He's got like the earmuff thing, and he's got the winter dress and all that stuff. It looks so great. So he didn't buy any. He didn't buy any. He just found all. Yeah, of it. it's because yeah. you can earn a lot of stuff, like you said. In I mean, Diablo, I, I'm so. constantly. Well, you know, it's the game. You're yeah, just yeah. finding all this cool stuff, and it's <laughs> totally. like, okay, buy a cool thing because you get the next cool thing. So totally. I've never had that compulsion. I guess you have, and do you have the stats on that? On how yeah. many people do want to buy the things? Yeah, and there's there's yeah. definitely people there that want to do that. And then people like having sort of this, again, they want a specific look. Yeah. But what I really like about the, our system is that it's it's not limited to one look. Yeah. You know, like there are games out there that when you buy a skin, um, you're the, that's your character. Like you're buying a character. You're not buying a, a, like right. a skin, if Fortnite. you will. Fortnite. Fortnite. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Um, whereas, Which is working out pretty good yeah, for Yeah, they them. did all right. Yeah. <laughs> they did all right. Uh, it's a good model, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But for us, like we like the idea that you can buy something, but then you can mix and match. And so like there'll be times where I'll be using the sword that's glowing from one skin, and I'll use the helmet from another skin. And like so even within the cosmetics you buy, you can mix and okay. match. And so you can that's kind of cool. even further customize your look. That's and then, pretty and cool. And then we have like, you know, find a, a cool matching mount or a mount that you like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like my necro has to have the spectral ghost horse that, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, my Sork has the World of Warcraft, you know, mount because it has all this blue light that comes off of it when it charges. It's great. That's awesome. I think Ed Freeze was working on a Warcraft thing where you could print the characters. Oh, the, the figures, that's right. Yeah. yeah like, how far are we away from that? Like, I, I feel like that should be the next step. You buy all the stuff and then you go boop yeah, and I it gets it. sent to you. That's true. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. Yeah. I think, I mean, we were close that the, the real time, I mean, you have to imagine now like the real time 3D printing that's going yeah. on. That's, that's got to be really, really close. I, I mean, it, like the industry is moving away from physical, you right. know, there's no way to, but that might be like the last bastion of being, of collectability. Yeah. Well, right. you have like all the great, like, cause we just, we have a partnership with uh, McFarlane. Right. And so you have all the great like classes and Necro and Druid and all that stuff. But the yeah. idea that like, oh, I want mine and like, doot, and then you, and you get yours. It's, it's cool. Oh. Awesome. Well, you know what? I I, uh, I think we should have started with this a little bit, but let's break down uh, sort of the structure of Diablo 4. Okay. I'm going to assume some people may know you from Gears, have never played Diablo, not many, but right. let's get into it a little bit. How did you guys set up Diablo 4 and what makes it different from the previous Diablo experiences? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you think, I, I like to use a simple formula when I describe Diablo 4. Yep. It's basically the dark tone of Diablo 1, you know, when Diablo 1 is sort of this cult classic and don't let my parents know I'm playing it kind of game. Yep. And where it rains blood. Where it rains blood, exactly. Yep. And yep. so the mainstream is when you look at, you know, the, the Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and all that stuff, like dark, darkness is mainstream now. It's not the, the no. thing that's hidden away. And yep. so it's this idea of, hey, let's, 
people really want and missed that tone in Diablo because Diablo three was a little more mainstream. Yeah, it was like a comic book version yeah, of it. Yeah, you know, people always like, "Well, there's purple in Diablo 3. And you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it." Um, so the dark tone of Diablo one meets the progression of Diablo two. So that idea of a persistent progression through a skill tree uh, that has dependencies and uh, with the visceral combat of Diablo three, the high speed combat and the, and the tactical combat of three, and then four brings its own sort of the shared open world, and then the sort of notion of the most player choice that a Diablo game is from the character creation to whether you want to play solo with friends, whether you want to do the campaign in or out of order because it's a non-linear campaign. Right. Um, and so you can choose to play chapter three first and then, or act three first and go back to play act one after kind of thing. And so it's really about that, you know, those sorts of, so that dark tone plus progression plus combat plus innovation. And a kind of a different, a totally different experience depending on the class that you take. Yeah. So there's five classes. Yeah. And so you get to choose whether you, and because everybody has, I find everybody has a sort of fantasy power fantasy. Like, they, like what is it you'd ever want to be? And maybe it's because, you, like for me, when I read the Shannara books, you know, the idea of being a druid with two Black Panthers or whatever, you know, that idea of being part of nature and having nature magic has been, uh, is something that's really cool to me. And yeah. so when you go like, oh, I can roll a druid or... My main class is a necromancer. I, and I joke because you always have minions around. It's like it's a management simulator. And so like, I, mean, I, like, I like to delegate my combat to, so to skeletons. Not to go far fight from the source material. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except yeah. you don't work with skeletons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the, you know, and so there's a sork, uh, which gives you that magic feel, or a sorcerer, sorceress. And yeah. then you have the rogue, which is an agility class. I started with the rogue, and I, 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 then I moved over to a sorcerer, and I played a little necromancer. I haven't done the barbarian. Okay. And what's what's the other the one? druid? Then the druid. I haven't done the druid yet. Yeah, I just got. I got Phil Spencer just started. A, he he got his druid to level one hundred this season. Amazing. But I kept pushing him like go poison, go poison. So every time we played, he'd be like end up tweaking his class. And now he's it's funny. He's like taking coworkers through. Like last night he jumped on. I was like, hey, I'm bringing. I'm I'm carrying a coworker through the capstone. Can you tell me this thing? And I'm like, sure. And so it was really funny to see. Not only has he gone from being a player, he's now becoming a guide to other Xbox employees. I, I mean, that's commitment. <laughs> exactly. That's time. And uh, dude, like this year, talk to me about this year, how stupid and insane this year is. Like yeah. Diablo 4 launched, you know, when it yeah. launched, yeah, it yeah. was like, Jesus, how can all of these games be out at the same time? I know. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I, I'm still shaking my, I don't know how Diablo 4 launches and doesn't get nominated in the RPG category. I'm like, there's so many yes. RPGs that didn't even make the category know. at the Game Awards. So I I'm know. Like, Okay, that speaks to like what's going on this year. Yeah, it's, cr it's crazy year. Like you tend to want to say, "Oh, I hope it's a quiet year." Like Gears One when it launched in two thousand six, yeah, it was a quiet year, and we were like, "Oh, this is great for us," because you know it was so uh, we had no, no real competition that year. Yeah, but this year it's been crazy. But I mean, that's awesome for the gamers. There's just so many really great games out there to play. And I think games, especially live service games, I think there's a tail to all of these now. It's, oh, sure. It's not a weekend and it's done. You know, I think. It's harder maybe to break out in the noise. It's harder for people to find the time, I think, honestly, more than anything, to yeah, find yeah. to play all of this stuff. Yeah, I just got my Xbox summary, and I had played 420 hours of Diablo 4 so far. Yeah. Um, I, I know I've done another dozen since then. So, like, it's just, you're right. It's it's finding the time, and the backlogs are just growing deeper and deeper because, you know, I was I was heavy into Cyberpunk with my Netrunner, and then Season 2 of Diablo 4 came along, so I switched away from that. And yeah. I'm like, I got to go back before I forget how to play Cyberpunk. and. <laughs> 
I haven't started Baldur's Gate yet. So like, there's just so much stuff out there. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm like, I don't know, 15 hours or so into Baldur's Gate. Mm. So it, like, there's so much to play and so much to do. Yeah. Was that a bit nerve wracking for you guys? Or did you know that you had the the brand appeal and, and you knew that the, the fans would be there? And where were the fans? Were they mostly on PC or were they on uh, mm. PS5 and Xbox kind of? Like, yeah. how, how did it break out for you guys? I mean, they all, they, everybody showed up the way we had hoped. But, yeah. you know, Blizzard is a kind of historically has been more of a PC-centric sure. company. Whoopi's still mad at you guys? Or has <laughs> that worked uh, out? Apparently she's playing. So she found a way to get it to uh, run okay. on the Mac. So, <laughs> so I was like, she's not, she's not mad at us anymore. So that's good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we still have our, our PC legacy. And then so there's a lot of the PC players did show up. Um, and it's part of just we have a slightly older audience that because we've been around for 26 years you yep. know, when Diablo 1 shipped. And so that was one of the funny things. I, when I first joined uh, Gears of War back in 2005, you know, I met with the Xbox marketing team. And they're like, all right, your demographic is like 18 to 22-year-old males. And so you have to <laughs> really focus on that. And I, I'm like, okay, cool. And then I, like, I show up at Blizzard in, you know, in, in 2020. And they're like, okay, your demographic is like 35 to 45-year-old men. And I'm like, what's just happening right now? Like, what just happened? Like, they're, they're aging with you. And I'm like, oh, okay, good to know. So, I mean, and then you see that, like, one part of what we try to do with Diablo 4 is to try to make it more appealing to a younger audience. And so we actually did things that we probably, you know, specifically for that. Like, we mm. started a TikTok account. And so, there, you know, Diablo's on TikTok. We yeah. got Halsey, you know. and yeah. it, with it, That it, performance was amazing uh, at thanks. the Game Awards last Yeah, year. and having yeah. her partner up with Sugar from BTS, like, yeah. Like that all that was all a focus on okay can yep. we reach a, a you know a broader audience and so that was and you got the view audience which is amazing <laughs> exactly <laughs> I had no idea how hardcore Whoopi that was is amazing she's so hardcore <laughs> um, so yeah no that's it's been it's been really interesting to see but no we were you know when you're shipping you're kind of looking at like what's happening in the weeks around we weren't really looking at the year yeah and so it was really like we picked our our spot generally speaking like the process that I run is uh, we do something called a one year out. Mm which is basically okay you're about one year from shipping mm. and so this is when you commit like are you, and if you can't commit to a date when you're out then you're not when you're out right and so that was part of our thing so we kind of knew okay this is the date we're shooting for and so it was like okay just watch or look around is anybody coming into our window and, <laughs> and as long as nobody came into the window we were okay and the sooner <laughs> you can tell people then they can stay out of your window yeah. potentially right well and but now the window is like days though I know it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy with so many games it we were looking at this in mobile and because of Immortal. Of course, yeah. And it's, yeah. they're doing like a game every two minutes gets shipped in, on mobile. Yeah. And so you're dealing with like 3,000 games get released in a year. And so you're like, where did you show up, right? Yeah. And, you know, the fact that like we just were doing that, we were going through the stats. Like in terms of global worldwide RPGs, like on mobile, uh, Immortal's number five. Like that's amazing that's, in a world that ships 3,000 games a year. Yeah. Right? You know, so this it's we're really happy about like how both games are kind of serving their own individual purpose. Yeah, I've, I, I played a little bit of Immortal and I was impressed by what I play, but I've heard really, really nice things about the game. So the fan base is there. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's it's a really strong Diablo game, and yeah. I know that some like some of our core came to Immortal and ran into the free to play stuff and was yeah. like, whoa, what's going on? And yeah. so they they struggled with it, but for the mobile audience who are used to free to play, yeah. they've embraced it, and it's been great to see the success that Immortals had. Oh, I know this won't happen, but I definitely had this thought because Four is such an excellent handheld game. You know? Oh yeah, it, it's amazing, and it bums me out that I can't play it on the plane. <laughs> But no, I I, I, uh, I love it on the Steam Deck, and it plays beautifully on the PlayStation Portal. It would be amazing.
gazing on a future switch if that might happen. But uh, uh, I also thought because the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max mm. are console systems now, they, right. I'm, I'm looking at Resident Evil 4 and Resident right. Evil Village on this thing. And, right. And Prince of Persia Mirage, I think, is coming to this device. Nice. That would be an excellent device for the, for the phone as right. well. Right, and right. I don't know if that's even something that remotely interests your team or if that would cannibalize yeah, Immortal. That's something we always talk about is like where does Immortal play and where does Diablo 4 play? Yeah. Especially the two different business models. It's kind of very a, a different type of experience. It's quite a user base. Though. Yeah. But it's like the, the thing with D4 is that we, we don't. Like everything, to keep it a secure environment, we everything is authenticated on a server. Right. And so as soon as you do something like, oh, you can play offline, that means like to go on the plane, yeah. you get into the situation where now people could be hacking your server code or they could be cheating and then it kind of kind of corrupts your economy or corrupts your game. Right. So that's one of the things when people go like, oh, I want to play D4 offline. And we're like, yeah, it's harder to do than you think it is just because yeah. from a security perspective. Um, and is so Diablo done with offline experiences? Is it always going to have this kind of live service attachment? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we'd look at that because I, I mean, I'm a player. I have the same desires too. Like, yeah. I, And it's what I like about D2 actually. Like D2R is really fun. Yeah. And the fact that it can play offline is so when I go on the plane, I play D2R. Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to get back to that for sure. And I play D3 on the Switch every once in a while. If you want an interesting challenge. Yeah. So there's a there's a way to play Diablo 2 Resurrected in a pacifist mode, which is basically you get your Paladin, which has a bunch of Thorn abilities. And you can basically... Somebody has beaten the game without ever just attacking. blocking everybody? Yeah, never pressing A, <laughs> never attacking. It's always just when they hit him, the reflex damage back for the entire game. Wow. And so I've, I've, I'm, I'm up to Duriel with my pacifist build. I was like, I got to try this. this you can't great. be Duriel as a pacifist. I think you can. Oh, my God. I think you can. That's crazy. <laughs> That's patience is what that is. I know. Is. Yeah. I know. Duriel is the first challenge in D2 for sure. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, offline is hard just because of that stuff of, like, the more – the when you try to encrypt stuff, and our stuff is data mined all the time, yeah. as soon as you start putting server tech locally, that just gives them a place to go digging, and then yeah. you start to show they have access to a bunch of stuff you don't want them to have access to. So it's gonna, it's it's just harder to do. Naughty Dog is all over the news right now because they canceled the mm. uh, factions online yeah. thing, and they mentioned how expensive it would be and how much of a risk it would be to make a live service oh, yeah. experience like yeah, this. Yeah. I. I just thought through that and started to list out all the live things in a tweet, you know, and, right. and I, it, I don't have the full, like, you can just keep tweeting for everything. Right. Uh, so I'm sure I, there's tons that I didn't get into, but I was just like, how does anyone break through with the live service? I mean, you know how expensive it is it's and how tough it is. Super challenging. How does a new IP how would you even risk that at this yeah. point? How do you do it? I, that's a great question. And yeah. that's when I read that, where they said, like, it's, it's kind of one or the other. Like, yeah. I totally understood what they were saying. Yeah. Because it is a, a black hole of content. Like, there, yeah. it is... Like I said, the person who played 350 hours and going like, what's next? And you're like, okay, like it's just you cannot feed that beast fast enough or enough. Yeah. And so you can, you're just running as fast as you can for as long as you can. And, and it's definitely challenging. I mean, it's super rewarding, but like the idea that they're going to take these, you know, do their sequels while trying to feed this hungry beast. I, I get where 
like you would have to become what you see with the size of Fortnite became. Yeah. You know, you're talking now development teams of a thousand and, and such. And well, and they've and this was my next question to you guys. They have all the user generated content out there now too. So there's thousands and thousands of pieces that people can jump into. That's right. And then they've just segmented their game into racing and Lego, and they've got the music experience. Right. Right. I don't expect you're going to have a rock band <laughs> version of Diablo 4, although that would be freaking rad. But our, our metal, yeah. yeah that would be great. Uh, are, are you guys going to have mods? Are you going to open it up to the community to be able to play with your tools in your sandbox? Uh, I mean, we always, we're in the, the never say never category. Like, yeah. we always look at, like, what are we going to do to kind of continue our uh, the longevity of the game? Yeah. I think right now we're still finding, we're on season two, so we're still finding our feet, you right. know, yeah. on a bunch of that stuff. And so I think this next little while is still going to be working on those foundational features because mm -hmm. one of the things you have to make sure is you have a solid base that you're building on top of and we kind of felt like you know there's still stuff for us to do especially around itemization the the complexity we have right now like when a weapon you know a piece of loot falls on the ground the complexity of is this better is it not better is it helping my build is it not helping my build there's too much kind of mental math that happens today yeah and so in you know in season four we're really looking at oh yeah, how do we simplify that so people can instantly understand that's a great sword and i want that sword and then i can play with it and make it better right um and so there's a there's still we're still building our foundation yeah, you're still tying to the old way of doing it with diablo yeah but you're right you could kind of tweak that and make that a little bit instantaneous yeah yeah just, but the loot but loot and has and playing in the inventory is such a big part of the game oh for sure like yeah. we don't want to get rid of the notion of being able to like that tweak your build and, and optimize everything across all your all your loot but yeah. there's just the, the like i said there's just a lot of you know elon musk was tweet you know was streaming it on twitter and, and on x and he said something like oh diablo is a great game if you love math and i was just like no that's the worst sort of recommendation <laughs> you can give to somebody who knows nothing about the game and all they hear is elon saying if you love math play this game I'm like oh not, there's not yeah. enough people out there who love math <laughs> so uh but so that's what I, we're trying to get it back to that instant recognition of like this is better and and just really lean into the loot fantasy I'm hearing amazing things about all the um, new seasonal content, and people are really loving some of the, you know, end game components. I don't. There is no end game in Diablo Four, but they're loving the new additions to it. But it's been a journey to get to this point. I think. Yeah, you know? yeah, we keep yeah. adding like, and that's what people kind of consider the level 50 and beyond the end game is yeah. what they call it and so we're trying to create more and more content for that space and that was a space we kind of knew when we launched that um it was a thing that you could continue to grow during the live service so we put when we were shipping we were really focused on the campaign and making sure that was really tight yep. and that way and we knew that once you got through the campaign and you were about level 50 we had things like hell tide and and you know the whisper bounty system and so we had stuff there but we knew we needed more, but we also knew that we could add that over time as part of the live service. And right. so that's what we've been doing with what you see now with the, you know, the, the blood harvest we have during the season two vampire theme yep, yep. Um, and the abattoir. And we're just constantly trying to find ways to continue to give people, you know, a different way to engage with the game with their characters. So you have the, what's the winter one called? The midwinter blight. That's just about to launch or it's launched. It's launched. Already. It's yeah, launched yeah, yeah. until January. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like January 2nd or something. Okay. And then, so um, Merry Christmas. 
Christmas. Yeah, yeah. something to do over the Christmas. And then season yeah. three starts in January 23rd, which we're excited to start talking about soon. And So uh, we can't talk about we it. We can't talk about okay. it. Okay. Oh, I tried, guys. I tried. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. It's got another really cool seasonal mechanic. And, and like I said, we're kind of learning with every season. What's the big thing for season three, actually, is something we're bringing that people really wanted, which is uh, leaderboards. Mm. And so we're actually creating a new challenge, a dungeon called The Gauntlet. And it, it's, it, it's a fixed challenge. Like... Every week there's a, a gauntlet and it's the monsters are the same place to every, like everything is exactly the same. You play it and I play it. It's exactly the same. Um, and they drop this, this resource when you kill something or you do something. And as you pick it up, you get score. And then people will be able to rank themselves on the leaderboard either with, against friends or a clan or the whole world. And so, you know, what we saw with Diablo 3, leaderboards is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and even for just sort of like, what's the cool build this season? Oh, I can go look at number one on the leaderboard and see how they played. And so that's something we're really excited about bringing in, in season three. They got it right in the 80s in the arcades. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, I mean, we got hooked on the leaderboards. <laughs> exactly. Then. It makes sense still. Yeah. Um, so what's going to be the, the, the sort of uh, the cadence of seasons? How, how often are you going to be delivering that? Yeah, I mean, for the in the short term, as we're continuing to learn, it's still going to be quarterly. So it's yeah. basically a 12-week season. Okay. Um, but, I mean, we're again, it's a... It's a plan that's always changing. So we may decide that, oh, seasons need to be changed somewhat or we want to shorten it. But when you shorten it again, it's that parallel development. You end up having to do certain things around that. Mm -hmm. So, But we know 12 weeks is a long time, you yeah. know, and we can see from the players like, okay, how long does it take to get through what the people want to get through? And um, is there enough stuff there for them to do? So we're always revisiting like what our seasonal structure should look like. Yeah. Um, but for the short term, you know, it's going to be quarterly. How do most people play Diablo 4? Are they playing in a group or are they playing completely alone all the way through? Or how, how do people? Um, it's most, I think, it, like from a majority standpoint, I think mostly solo. Mm -hmm. and, but they have the, what's nice about the shared open world is you have these sort of kind of moments where you meet up with somebody, do something together, and then sort of wave goodbye as yeah. you just go your own way. Yeah. So that those. They come in, they help. That's happened to me. I've had people come in and help kick that monster's ass with me. And I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. Thank He's you. Like, you go into a local world event and then yeah. you're like, oh, this is a little harder than I, and then in rides the cavalry and you're like, yeah. hey, how's it going? And then you're like, I, it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Like and then that. you sort of, and you don't feel forced, but you could choose to say like hey do you want to party up or you could say like thanks i'll see you later and yeah. that's the thing that we really wanted for choice was like how do you want to play do you want to play in a party of four do you want to play on the couch co-op do you want to play solo um and it's really up to you and we don't even though we're a shared world the story parts um are instanced so that you can be solo so there's nobody ruining the story for right. you or ruining this dungeon for you because those you, if you want to play them alone or with your party you can but there's all those those kind of great organic moments of oh we are all doing this thing like we, when you go ride off to a world boss and there's like a, 10 other people there like oh this is going to be cool you That's know it's awesome. nice to have that what's the best way to play it because you you've played it i'm sure in every varietal <laughs> what's the most fun way to play diablo 4? uh I like being in a party for sure. I, like I, I, I'm a like even though Diablo's played majority. Like there's a lot of PC. I tend to play on console, especially. I mean, I've been with Xbox forever, so yeah. I tend to play on a headset in a party on Xbox, and that yep. that's my favorite way to play. Um, I'm a big co-op person because of Gears, and I like um, I just like playing socially and so that's to me that notion of coming together as a party and working together against a boss and 
uh, is really the, the real fun for me. Is there tactics involved with that? Are you screaming out orders or is it just <laughs> hacking and slashing? And, and Yeah, it's not. Diablo, we really wanted to have each class to be able to do it on their own. And so yeah. we don't really have that sense of a true support class. So there, yeah. there isn't that like, okay, you're the healer, I'm the damage dealer kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. They, they all can do damage and they all can kind of heal. But you can get some really interesting, like my brother is doing this. He has a crazy ice build uh, and I'm doing this shadow magic. And when, when two of us fight together, things are just exploding all over the screen. <laughs> he's freezing in them, I'm shattering them, and it's, it's really cool. So, uh, so no, there's lots of great ways you can work with like, you know, barbarian being close range and, and a rogue being uh, long range. You can, so you can mix and match the abilities as cool. The visual effects are insane, oh, you know, and the damage all over the damn place and all of the environmental details. <laughs> right. I, I, did you push the PS5 and the, and the Xbox Series X to, to kind of limits? Like, are you, does it ever feel like the machine is just like working <laughs> to deliver all that stuff? I mean, it all, when you're in game development, you're always doing that. Like, you're yeah. always, it's that last kind of optimization stuff at the end. You're always pushing. And sometimes you're pushing it because of the hardware and sometimes you're pushing it because you're doing things that are not efficient. And yeah, so you need yeah. to optimize. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely, um, you know, we wanted to make sure we were running at 60 on the, on PS5 and Series X. And we, and so we really focused on that. And, but yeah, it's, and it's been challenging because you're right. Like we have so many visual effects, especially the biggest, the hardest one is like when you look at a, like my necromancer has 13 followers. Yeah. Like, cause I have six skeleton warriors, six skeleton mages and a, a golem. And so if four of us all had 13, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm a, playing on the steam deck pretty much alone when I'm, when I've been playing it so far, but I, there's so much stuff happening on screen. I'm thinking, how would four of these right. work on this machine? Like, yeah, I don't know it. if that would happen. <laughs> that's the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so things scale as you go. But yeah, we, even with Diablo 2 Resurrected, we had that same problem. We were going like, oh, wow. Like, if we have, you know, because I think the parties were, you could go up to eight on and D2R. And yeah. if they were all skeleton, you know, necromancers with full skeletons, it could get, this is going to get hairy. Yeah. So there's some edge case stuff there, but full you know, vampire hunters. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no, we, so, you know, it's really been a matter of finding the right um it's always a balance between the visual quality and performance yeah and so we just know like diablo has to feel responsive and it has to look great so we're just gonna try to push both i guess you can't tell us about any new classes or anything like that any it can't tease about any of that stuff it's just that it's a whole new class so okay. you know we uh, there's a lot of we for everybody who's asking for the paladin we hear you we know they, that that's the number one request <laughs> um but we felt like because the five classes that came in d4 were kind of homages to the past like the rogue is kind of like the amazon meets the assassin yeah you know and so and barbarian is a classic and druid's a classic necro is a classic so we were just like okay we wanted to at least for this first one to focus on something wholly new that had never been seen before uh, in a diablo game and so that's kind of what the next class is going to be now you left the coalition after yep. many years in the in the gears pipeline and, mm -hmm. and working with uh, you know a bunch of really good friends I would imagine that you're oh, yeah, probably still connected with yeah and you went to Activision Blizzard King what what was the the difference in the studios and the philosophies and the way that team members worked hmm. it's very different mm -hmm. I mean part of like there's a difference working at a Canadian studio anyway oh, you right. know and so I went from working in a Boston studio with for, on Irrational, you know, we're on Bioshock Infinite, which like you yelled at each other all the time. Yeah. It was like the the aggressiveness of the Boston culture was present in the studio. Let's put it that way. Yep. And so I always think about that too, like with the way that we tell stories around games. Right. Like I think location is a massive part of 
how development happens. Oh, sure. And, and we need to kind of address that. The humans that make games, for sure, but also where they are and how they live and yeah, and, yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, I, yeah. I just that thought around studio culture was always talk about like there's kind of two sides to it. There's the culture that you want your studio to have. So, you know, the, the posters you put up or the yeah. speeches you give and yeah. that kind of stuff. But there's the culture that gets reflected back, which is the people you hire. Yeah. And it's always trying to find this balance of like, can you get those to align properly? And, right. Um, but it was just so funny to go from you know, this very kind of outgoing, aggressive culture um, into this Canadian Vancouver Hyper culture, collaborative, which is like <laughs> yeah. laid back. And and, yeah. and and so I actually had hired some, you know, I, I brought a friend of mine from Infinite um, into the coalition. Yeah. And he was rubbing people the wrong way because he was bringing his Boston, like, yeah. you know, how to how do I work in Boston is how I work here. And I yeah. had to like sit him down and say like, Hey, that, that, that doesn't work here. Uh, this is, you're in Canada now. You need to like, you gotta be a little nicer and you gotta yeah. be a little, you can't just be re super blunt and super aggressive. You have to find your way there. And yeah. so it's, did it, it work out? Yeah. He's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, no, he was there for a long time. Uh, he recently um, joined another team, but yeah, it's just that it's, so that culture has been very different. And so then to go to blizzard, it was another, uh, very different culture again. And that was actually the hardest part for me because, you know, I was there, I joined in March 2020 on, I think it was March 3rd was my first oh, day. Jesus, right in the middle of, oh my God. So I had, yeah. I'm a new, I'm like, they, they don't, Blizzard tends to promote from within. They don't sure. hire from the outside yeah. very much. Yeah. And so I was one of the more senior um, hires from outside to come in. And so everybody's kind of looking at me like, who's this person who's yeah. in charge, but also is, we don't know them. They're yeah. hired from the outside. Yeah. And I started on a Tuesday and the following Thursday, they sent everybody home to, because of COVID. And so wow. I had like basically seven, eight days in the office to get to even meet people before I was like, you're out. You know, everybody go home. And it was really strange to kind of how do I lead and how do I get myself known and how do I get, earn trust and and. Uh, through a you know at that time Zoom now but it was like WebEx the same thing you know right. yeah. and it was just really challenging and even when I I, re I would talk to people at the coalition and they would like how are you doing this because you're an in the room guy you're like yeah. stand at the front and get people excited yeah. how are you doing this over Zoom and it was like yeah it's not easy like to try to figure this out and how to get people motivated and and because I had to change like how we were doing production and and all these sorts of things and we're doing it you know in a window is just crazy. How how did you overcome that? How long did it take to kind of uh, yeah it took sync a, with everybody? It took a while, but one of the things we I decided to do because I, I, I'm kind of an open door manager. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to do is like um, I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna try an experiment. You guys don't know me yet, and so let's just do the thing. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have like this sort of window an hour that's open that people can come in ask me questions and go away kind of thing. Way if I had an open door, and so I was like Thursday at eleven o'clock. I'm going to turn on the camera and I'm going to, I'll sit there in this empty room and you guys can hop in and out and ask me questions and I'll just, while I'm working, I'll talk to you. And, and so I was excited to do this and get people to get to know me. And so I'm like, all right, it's Thursday 11. Let me turn on my camera. 75 people were sitting there looking at me waiting. Whoa. Yeah. So, I was <laughs> expecting nobody to be there, but they yeah. were there. Wow. Yeah. And so they're all, yeah. and so I'm like, oh, this isn't like come and ask me a question, like yeah. onesie twosies. Like this is like put on a show for us for like for an hour. <laughs> like, and so I had this audience of 75 people. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I guess let's just talk. Yeah. And so every week, and so now there's like 250 people every Thursday show up for That's this awesome. for the Zoom call. They ended up calling it, the, we call it the Rodcast. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Trip Hawkins would do that with. 3DO. Really? 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were we were there. It was like a weekly meeting with everybody. We were there shooting pieces there, and, and we got to be there on the day that he was doing it. Oh, nice! And it was really cool. And we, we did the making of Fallout Three, and Todd Howard did something similar where he'd fill up. A, I mean, it wasn't Zoom though; right. it was all in this theater like this. Right. And uh, uh, I think there there is a little bit of a show to it too, right? Like you yeah. have to kind of you have to lead the charge. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it's mutated on very different things because I started it kind of just talking about it like myself, but then I started interviewing people, the leadership on the team. So the other teams could, so I've had a talk show for a while. That's great. Um, and then I started like, because I didn't want to make it all about work. We started talking about pop culture. So yeah. I'd be like, what's your favorite anime or, you know, what movies are you guys watching? And we would talk about this and I would, you know, complain about this movie plot thing or whatever. And it just became this sort of way to people to learn who I was and that I was being authentic and, and transparent. And so they could kind of get to trust me and not be going like, who's this exact? Because they're, they're kind of used to execs being at arm, arm's length. Of lines. course. Yeah. And that was hard for me, actually, yeah. because I'm... At the coalition, I was not only the studio head, but I was the creative director. That's right. And so I was used to being in every meeting and hearing everything. And when I got to Blizzard, they were like, oh, you're an executive. You don't get to sit in this meeting. Yeah. Like, we don't want you in there. Is that the culture at the company, at the team? Like, do they want your input on creative and stuff? Uh, I mean... <laughs> probably not as much as they get. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've kind of found, like, like I'll give feedback and stuff, but uh, what I, where I tend to focus is really on marketing yeah um and because that gives and perception me, i would imagine yeah well yeah. just being able to be in the creative like when we do trailers like the when you look at any of the the vampire trailer we just did for season two or yeah. being able to be in that room and have that conversation around you know is this the right thing are we yeah. talking and saying the things and that's because when i was doing gears i was actually in the you know the voice booth like, we're like directing the voice actors and yeah, stuff and yeah. and helping to write the scripts and things like that so i was very very close to it and so i still have that like creative urge that even though i'm sort of at a different altitude as a general manager i'm like but i still want to be in there yeah so i've learned to like okay I, I have to be careful because no matter how many times you say like i'm I'm not the general manager right now. I'm one person giving you an opinion. It's still coming from Rod of and therefore course. it carries too much weight. Yeah. And so I've had to be really careful about how I say things and, you know, say it when I really mean it kind of things, yeah. you know, because I've also, I had a meeting with a guy who's like, Hey, I was like, Hey, how can I improve communications with you? And they're like, when you want something that you really want, could you just say that? You yeah. know, because because uh, yeah. I've done the thing where I'm like, hey, one person, you know, <laughs> I'm not the general manager, but I wish that was blue. And they're like, okay, cool. And then the next week, the review would come up, and it's not blue yet. And I'm like, I thought we agreed that was blue. And they're oh, like, yeah. okay, if you just want it to be blue, just say blue, please, and we'll just do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, and I guess that because I'm sure there's a lot of veterans of Diablo on Diablo 4. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. people who have been there for more than a decade. Or right. Like, so they're you on Gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Way, yeah. Right? And so watch. Yeah. And, and it's been really, it, it's been sort of very educational working with them and, and hearing the history and, and talking about like what it takes to make a Diablo game. And that's when I just realized that like in Gears, you could kind of have it all in your head. Mm -hmm. And that was the nice thing. And and so that's when I got to Diablo. And yeah, I was you going, can't have Diablo all in your head. No, but like, I don't know how one person... Does any one person have that? Not really. Yeah. You know, it's like because we have a class team and we have yeah. a loot team. And like so it's all kind of... And so that's some of the things. Are like Because of the combinations of this skill plus this class plus this effect plus this monster. That's why you get these little... like 
ball lightning on the sorcerer right yeah. now. Like it's these things all come together that you can't necessarily test every permutation. Yeah. And eventually the players do. And yeah. they go like, hey, I guess like what in I the just first found. Weekend. Yeah, exactly. It's like I can now do a billion points of damage. And you're like, oh, I wish we got time on that before we released it. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah, but it's it's fun and and it's but it's a great the the team is great. The culture is great. Um, and, you know, the fact that they've just been continuing to execute, execute yeah. at such a high level, just it's, it's been awesome to watch. Well, I mean, the pandemic is one thing. And then there's also been other things that have been happening. Yeah. How much has changed since you've been there? Uh, quite a lot. I mean, yeah. we've had some changes in leadership and changes on the team um, and just you know, different focuses from the culture side of it. Mm-hmm. And so I just think the team's in a really good place right now. And, and, and that's what's really exciting to see kind of like what we were able to accomplish through not only the pandemic and, and, and all the other stuff that went on, we were still able to deliver Diablo 4. And it's an incredible achievement. It Thanks. is so much fun. The team did just an amazing yeah. job. And I just think about what they had to accomplish, you know, what they went through to accomplish what they did. And it's just phenomenal to me. That's awesome. I mean, you're on a live service game and you're a man that likes to ship things yeah. and you are shipping new content all the time in Diablo 4. Yeah. Do you think about a Diablo 5? Does that even come into the mind you at have this to, point? Well, you have to always be thinking of the future. You have yeah. to think like because you're I'm like the general manager of Diablo all up. So yeah. I have to think about not just like. What are we doing? You know, what graphic novels are we doing? Right. And what statues are we doing? Right. And what games are we doing? And so you sort of have to look at that kind of all up. And so, you know, you of course you have to look to the future and go like, where where's this road taking us? You can't just sort of go. Da, 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 da. That's why I was joking with somebody because you know we talked about changing our plans. And I go, yeah, it's a five year plan, but we don't just make it and then don't look at it for five years. Right. Like we have to revisit it every year. Right. Um, you have to and, make a new five year plan every year. Yeah. Exactly. In a way, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so it's all. And again, it's about you know, what's happening with the game, what's happening with the players. And because, and, you know, does it make sense to do expansions forever? Maybe not. Does it, where, where is that the right place to, to stop doing that? Or how many more should we do? Like, there's all the things you have to work on and right. think about. So when you think about what's next for Diablo, like, sure, we always have to talk about it. But we're very focused on making sure that Diablo 4 is the game we want it to be, you know, over time, especially as we're building towards this first expansion. Like, we're, I'm really excited about expansion one. And, and it's got some going to that familiar jungles of Diablo 2 um but it 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 creates this sort of feel that's very different like when you play Diablo 4 now it, you get the medieval feeling of yeah. the you know and and so that idea of getting to go to the jungles is going to be a really a, a nice sort of switch up of biomes which will be fun I love going to the the ocean or the the the, the water just right. and the the waves lapping up and stuff that was just awesome so we waited a long time between the Diablo 3 and Diablo 4 would you guess that we'll have to wait that long for Diablo 5 or uh it- no that's not my intention at all okay. you know I think that's what I'm saying I think with Diablo 3 we've learned our lesson about that was too long and not enough content yeah um and so that's kind of as we look to the future we want to make sure that we're keeping the Diablo community fed for sure right on um and so plus I love shipping things <laughs> and you love shipping things it's that's established now uh Whoopi's playing Whoopi Goldberg is playing this game somehow so somebody either got her a PC or she found a way to play it on the Mac if you if you if you know your way around a Google search you can find ways to play Diablo 4 on Mac Um, plus they also they have a um, there's a a new emulation feature yes go right into the Mac Mac, OS yeah. yeah But will there be a, a, a you know, you know a, a, a true Mac version of Diablo? Is that something that you guys are... It's a never say never. Never say never. Never say never. Very cool. 
Well, Rod, I could just keep peppering you with questions you can't answer. And uh, my vacation, Victor, come <laughs> no, on! Congratulations! <clears throat> no, thank you. You're always a treat to speak with. You know, you're one of the developers that uh, understands what we have to do on our side, and, oh, and, sure. and just likes to communicate about stuff. And thank I have you for to say, being on the show, I have to say, like coming back to Vancouver, after, I'm in a period of mourning because I just found out Smoke's Poutinery is closed. Yeah. What the hell? Like pandemic, man. It's everything has changed. So where do I go for poutine now? I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I oh, don't really? Know. You Montreal. don't have a? <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the correct answer. But in Vancouver, where do I go to? I, I don't know. I can't help you, my friend. Where do I go for one of those cool jerseys? So the, there's a the gear store. We oh. have a Blizzard online store. Blizzard. Okay. Gear.com, I think. Okay, next time you come up with one of those for me and I'll hook you up with Putin. Oh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> fine. Good deal. Rod Ferguson, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. And congratulations to all of the folks at Blizzard and the Diablo team for making us Diablo 4. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back soon with some new content. And until then, play forever.